Welcome to the Expert Speak Podcast with Michael DeLon. Each episode features a leading expert who shares helpful insights, practical tips, and memorable stories that will inspire you, educate you, and help you enjoy more success, freedom, and purpose in your life. For the next few minutes, enjoy listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. And welcome to another episode of Experts Speak. I am Michael DeLon, and today I'm talking with Eric Broad. Eric, thank you, sir, for spending some time with me today. My pleasure. It is going to be a a, uh, great conversation. Eric is an attorney. He is an entrepreneur who started a law firm, uh, Bowery Legal, and they work with uh, startup companies, private businesses all across the nation, maybe the world, um, helping them um, in in all kinds of legal things from from startup formation and things, he he positions himself as I love this. Ready the outside in house counsel for these companies, and I thought, well, that's really cool. So you work with a, a a variety of businesses, and my question really is, Eric, how in the world did you get doing what you're doing today? Well, it was a it was a long path. Uh, <laughs> it it started with. Uh, some of it started before law school, actually, in my uh, mid-20s. Uh, I, well, even before that, I was I was an undergrad at Tulane University in New Orleans, uh, was in love with live music. I stayed in New Orleans after I graduated for a little bit and worked in live music. Cool. Uh, had a great time, burnt myself out a little bit, and I was looking for, what do I want to do next? I don't know if I want to work in music. I don't know what I want to do. Um, my sister was in law school at the time. I found legal education interesting. I, I thought that there were a lot of kind of career opportunities in law that I found interesting. I was in my mid twenties and I thought, I think I want to do this, but it's expensive and it's a lot of time. And, and, and maybe I want to just do something for me before it's too late. Uh, you know, a little bit of a adventure. And so I actually bought a one-way flight to Indonesia and spent, uh, two and a half years out there. Uh, and while I was there, I met a bunch of interesting people doing a bunch of interesting things. And one of the projects that I uh, latched onto and actually became a full-time employee of was um, uh, a project called Meaningful Broadband. We were working with the governments of Indonesia and Thailand on an internet infrastructure development project for the poorer populations in those countries and really in in any developing countries uh, and working on ways to make internet and the things that come from internet are, are used on internet, uh, usable, affordable, and empowering to these poor populations. Uh, so you can help them kind of leapfrog into technological advancement. And in doing that, I, you know, I, I, I did a lot of kind of development related work and consulting with the governments of Indonesia and Thailand, but also worked with a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of tech companies and, you know, realized that, the, to the extent that you can really cultivate these parts of uh, of a company, or of a country, sorry, or an economy, uh, you can really kind of inject new new blood and new spirit into um, some of these places. And then you turn around, and you look at the U.S. and the U.S. is kind of case in point in, in a lot of ways. The way that technology and entrepreneurship has really driven the U.S. throughout its history, yeah. uh, and it's only kind of accelerated and with the ability for uh, anyone, people like you and me, and, you know, uh, all of the people that I work with to um, much more easily start their their own company. Um, So I really started to to become interested in 
entrepreneurship and in working with uh, kind of early stage companies or startups, which is a bit of a misnomer. It can really right. be anything from the early stages all the way up to pre-IPO. Uh, then I went to law school and I studied a bunch of different things. And I, I actually loved the legal education. I, I found it to be somewhat of like a philosophy education, almost philosophy of society in, in a lot of ways. Um, and then I came out and I ended up, the first job that I had was uh, at you know one of the biggest law firms in the world, Latham and Watkins. And I thought that I wanted to do project finance and then eventually find my way into a job at the World Bank or a development bank. I wanted to do development work. I wanted to get back to what I was doing previously. Um, and when I got started, it just wasn't resonating with me. The, the, mm. the, the work, the subject matter, some of the deals you work on, some of the projects are, you know, you're working with the biggest businesses and biggest banks in the world. You're right. doing, you know, uh, you know, $100 billion deals and all the big banks are involved and these giant project companies are involved and the, the a deal can last for several years. If you get stuck on a deal that you don't love, too bad. Oh. <laughs> You're in it, right. Uh, and so I kind of forecast out over the course of the next several years of my life and said, I don't think that this is a good fit for me. Not that it's not a great fit for some. Um, and, uh, I started to look into what I wanted to do and, and I kind of came upon this practice of law. They have a lot of big firms, emerging companies, uh, you know, working with a, a lot of it's like tech or tech enabled companies, either venture back or seeking to be venture back. And then also with the investors on the other side of things. And I thought to myself, this really gets to what I was doing and what I loved when I was in Indonesia and what inspired me to continue that work at, even after I left and, and, and it came back and started actually interviewing with other firms because they didn't have a practice group in yeah. Latham in New York, even though they did in California and in Boston. And serendipitously, uh, as I was preparing to move to another firm, the New York office announced, we just hired a partner from Oric in New York and we're bringing him over. And, you know, we do this in all these other offices, but we're going to do it here now. Um and I, you know, I think it was the day that they sent the announcement, I went down to his office and I shut the door behind me and I said, <laughs> I said, I want to do what you, you're doing. Take me with you. How can I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm literally preparing to leave to do this somewhere else. I actually love the, the firm. I, I, I liked where I was. I was in a good spot. Uh, I had, you know, friends there, everything. Um, and so I switched over and I ended up staying there for, for several more years, a lot longer than I wow. ever expected to be at a firm of that size. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, the, the, the rest in terms of the, the area of expertise is history. Obviously yeah. there's more in terms of how I got from there to here, but yeah, but, that's true. Really how, how'd you take the leap to entrepreneurship though? Cause that has to play into this too, because that's. Yeah. So, um, a bunch of things happen. I mean, I, I don't know how it works with, with, with other people, but I think that um, I'm in this interesting area where, you know, lawyers are famously risk averse. I think in as, as far as lawyers go, I'm yeah. a, a pretty big risk taker. <laughs> so I guess in that sense, it's, it's not that surprising that I, I went this way, but um, philosophically, uh, you know, five to six years ago or so, um, 
my my mother passed away mm. uh, while I was still at, at Latham and Watkins. Um, and, you know, I mean, she was one of the, my, my closest friends and mentors, uh, you know, biggest influences and, and, and role models and just kind of everything rolled up into one as, as, yeah. you know, people's parents can, can tend to be. Uh, and when she passed away, she was 65 and she was an attorney a lot of her life. And, uh, she actually told me, don't go to law school. You should go to business school. You should, you know, you should do something more entrepreneurial. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't listen to her that time. I listened to her a, a lot of it the other time, but, uh, or the other time she would say things, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I started to put a lot of thought into, you know, she, she passed away at 65 and she spent a lot of her life as a lot of people do thinking I'm saving money for retirement. I'm doing this for retirement. I need to build my career for, for my kids and, and just everything that goes into the decisions that people make in life. Um, and I thought a lot of what she did put me in a position where I didn't have to feel maybe as tied down as she, or a lot of people in the older generation, my parents' generation might have felt, uh, by their career. Um, and I didn't necessarily want to be at a big firm for the rest of my life. There's a lot of aspects of that, that the, the work style and the lifestyle that, um, didn't resonate with me for the long term. It was a, they're great places to be, to learn your craft and to, to hone your expertise. And I certainly did while, while I was there. Um, but you start to, something like that happens and you start to be, you know, think a lot about life and, and what it means and what you're doing and where it's going. And no, I, I eventually ended up leaving Latham. I moved over to Gunderson Detmer. Uh, I was ready for a new challenge. I was ready for something different. Um, and it was an opportunity that came up. And so I took it to see if maybe that was, would kind of solve some of the things that I thought were not exactly what I was looking for in that world. And it solved some of them, but, but not quite enough. Um, and then I kind of got to a point where I, I, I was interviewing a lot of companies to potentially go in house. Um, some of those opportunities are really, really interesting. Um, but there's an aspect sometimes, and I talked to some attorneys who've gone in house at companies and they say, it's very different when you go from a firm to in house at the company, you go from being a profit center to a cost center. And you, you're you're part of the team, and a lot of times, and you know, it's not necessarily the, the worst thing, but you can tell, you, you know, a, a little bit. You're not the lifeblood of the business. You're kind of you're you're the naysayer in, yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Um, and so I put some thought into that. I wrapped everything up in a ball, and I got to a point where I decided I like what I do. I'm good at it. Uh, I don't necessarily love where I've been doing it all this time but thankfully I've I've made it enough time to develop the expertise that I need to have the confidence and um, experience to go and do this on my own so why don't I give it a shot uh, you know I was single at the time I, I yeah. still don't have kids although potentially sometime in the next uh, year or two uh, so you know, no time like the like right. the present back then to take a risk. So I decided, let's go. And yeah. the final point was, I was like, I I work with you know, I talk to people literally every day who are in the process of setting up their their own business or taking a risk that is way more impressive in a lot of ways than mine. Right, someone who is creating a new business from whole cloth. 
here's a, a problem I've identified in society or in the economy or whatever it is, and I'm going to solve it. And I'm going to bootstrap and I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to raise money. I skipped a lot of those steps, right? right? I'm, I'm not starting something new. It's not. So in a lot of ways, it was kind of like, uh, you know, I, you only have to do a quarter as much as your clients are doing every day. So yeah. why don't you just give it a shot and see how yeah. it goes? Well, that's so. good. You, you mentioned a couple of things, confidence, which is great. But the, the word came to me is launch. As I think about who yeah. you are and who you help. So these these budding entrepreneurs have this idea. I see a problem. I want to go fix it. I want to go. And and as as an entrepreneur, I mean, we are big picture. Let's run after it. And so many times we don't think about the the legal side of things. We just run. Yeah. And it's one thing to have. Um, and I hope I don't step on anybody's toes. It's one thing to have an attorney who's an attorney who understands being an attorney, and that's yeah. good. But to have an attorney who's an entrepreneur who knows about entrepreneurship and understands the law and how to how to massage talk a little bit about that in your your expertise in, in not just law but how do you help how do you work with these startups dare i <laughs> maybe there's a better word yeah. there right? how do you how do you do that and you connect with them from the entrepreneurial heartbeat passion side but you bring all the legal stuff that they need so that when they get to the iapo place they don't go oh man i forgot something yeah <laughs> talk about that yeah i mean you, you brought up a couple of interesting points there i mean number one is you know we do as as Attorneys for companies, business attorneys, you know, we do corporate law. We help companies get set up, raise money, bring on employees, issue equity, all of those commercial agreements, all of those things. Um, but not all corporate attorneys are the same. Yeah. Startup companies, especially tech startups that are trying to set up in the way where they're going to potentially want to raise from VCs. You want to make sure that you're working with someone who has the right kind of experience working with emerging companies, working with tech and venture-backed attorneys, because there are market standards and a lot of law is about market standards. You can, words on a page, you can you can write up a contract and you can sign it, but it doesn't mean it's going to do what you want it to do. And it doesn't mean investors who look at it are going to say, yeah, that's right. That's the way that we would do things. There's no issues here. Here's our money, right? Yeah. So yeah. you can have, you want to make sure you're working with an, a, a, a corporate attorney who has experience in this stuff. Um, and, you know, to your point of having done something entrepreneurial myself, uh, one of the things that I, that I love about what I do in, in getting to work with entrepreneurs, especially, I mean, a lot of areas where we can add the most value is early stage companies or first time founders, people who uh, they're really going out there on a limb and they may know how to code or they may have a, you know, they may have the perfect kind of product or marketing mind, but they've never done this before. And they need someone that they can trust and lean on. And in a lot of ways, we're not just legal counsel. We're a trusted advisor across a lot of things. A lot of what you're doing in the early stage of a company yeah. is not just legal. It's commercial. It's everything tied up in a bundle. It's emotional. Founders are trying to figure out equity splits and uh, should we be subject to vesting? Why, you know? a little bit of potential mistrust as you're negotiating things. Uh, and so there's a lot of kind of human elements in there. Yeah. And I think that, you know, having kind of gone through something similar on my own just allows me to be able to relate that much more to what these founders are going through, what these entrepreneurs are going through. And sometimes it's scary. And sometimes yeah. it's, you know, it's, it, they're full of anxiety about these things. 
and just being able to kind of to empathize and help them to take a step back and to kind of talk yeah. through it with them with ex- similar experience of my own. Yeah. I, I certainly think has been invaluable in the way that we're able to kind of work with our clients and help well, think through some of these things with them. hundred percent, dude. And, and, and what we haven't talked about that you and I talked about before we ever got on the air is, is that you're married, yeah. your, your wife used to be an attorney. Now she's a business owner <laughs> and, and the struggles of, of just that. But when, yeah. when, when, um, Entrepreneurs come with new ideas. It's not just the idea. It is the relational component that you can bring to the table at some level to go, okay, my wife is not on board with this or something. What do you, and, and it's, <laughs> it's understanding there, but also helping those entrepreneurs think down the road a bit to make sure that as you structure that company, I, 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 somebody told me this years ago, and I assume it's true. I don't know that when Sam Walton started Walmart, yeah. He set up the legal structures and the entities and all that in such a way that he has saved his his family nearly a billion dollars in taxes and things because he set it up. The structure of his company and everything was set up at the very beginning, one store. Yeah. Right? And I went, well, now that's kind of brilliant because most people don't do that. So if, you, if you're a startup tech company and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to raise money. I'm going to have an IPO. I'm going to make billions of dollars or whatever. You might want to reach out and talk to Eric because there are probably some things you need to put in place now, right? Yeah. I mean, one of the ways that I describe it, this was actually, you know, my, uh, the partner that I was working with at Latham, who was a a, a mentor of mine for for many years, used to kind of say something similar, which is, you know, again, I mean, especially for uh, first time founders, it's like, you're 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 living a movie for the first time. I've seen this movie hundreds of times, right? Yeah. It doesn't always have the same beats, but generally it follows the same plot line. And I can, you know, you're if you're an early stage founder and you're doing your first fundraise and you're doing it on a safe and you're trying to figure out how to price the safe and people are telling you, you know, some people are saying this and some people are saying that and you, it's hard for you to tune out the noise. Uh, you can explain to them, here's what's going to happen next year and the year after and here's what your first equity financing round is going to look like and here's how much they're going to make you set aside for your equity incentive plan and here's what and and all of these things taken into consideration now you have a lot of color of most likely what the next couple years in terms of fundraising and on the legal side of things is going to look like and now with that information you can start to make some decisions about the present um and it really helps i mean and and again and and you know, similarly in setting up the company. And, um, you know, it's one of the key things about we were talking about just contracts in general. Um, it's, it's very easy to, you're a company, you want to bring on a customer or you want to set up an agreement for all of your customers, right? You can put anything down on paper and you'll feel completely confident to it in it until things start to go wrong, right? <laughs> and when yep. you're working with people who have seen enough agreements go wrong that they can help you fill in the holes as you're drafting it up. I mean, and again, I mean, it's not necessarily purely legal. There's human elements to it. There's com- there's a, a lot of it, especially in a commercial agreement by its name. I mean, commercial elements to it. Um, and so when you're working with people who have kind of been around the block and done this as many times as we have, um, you realize that it's not just, it's not just about what's legally enforceable and getting it down on paper and all that stuff. It's about, kind of having seen this over and over and over and over again and knowing what to think about and how to think about it. Yeah, no, that, that, that's great because I mean, people, people hear you, they see you, they interact with you, they go to your website, they look at you. You're a young guy. 
right? And I can just see some people going, yeah, well, yeah. But you look at the experience <laughs> you've had internationally with these massive law firms and the years and years you've put in this and you've specialized in it. And I just think that adds so much. And then you said, okay, it's time for me to do my own thing. And you you walk this this line, which is really cool. You've got a, almost a foot in both camps, right? You're the entrepreneur. You understand what's going on there. And you've got the legal side that is so important when, when you think about, especially tech and startup and, and venture capital coming in. And I mean, that adds just a, I mean, yeah. I'm way over my head, dude, right? But I mean, that has to add so many areas of complexity. I, you know, we all watch Shark Tank, right? And they say, well, I'll buy your company. <laughs> I'll do this. We've got no idea of what goes on behind the scenes after that, dude, because it, it is, it's, yeah. it's contracts, it's agreements. It's, well, this is what I meant. That's not what I said, right? That's how you help entrepreneurs protect their IP and their ideas and make sure it's set up properly. Yeah. My one word, my, my one cautionary word to any entrepreneurs that are out there listening to this is don't price your companies based on the offers they're making on Shark Tank. <laughs> You're, that is a, it, it's, it's a good deal for those yeah. people because they're, they're on Shark Tank and then they get to work with super connected yeah. uh, sharks. Um, but it's not the way that you see things priced. Uh, you know, when you don't have Mark Cuban out there putting his, you know, all of his muscle behind your business. So exactly. Just, just want to, want to get it out there. But yeah, no, and that's good like because that. entrepreneurs sometimes live in a pipe dream world. Right. And by the way, this yeah. is going to be the, be the best thing since sliced bread, you know, and it's like, well, all right, how do you, how do you mitigate that? How do you navigate all of that? And it's not just the legal aspect. It's all the relational aspects that you bring to the table of here's how this thing is going to play out probably because I've done it a few dozen times. Right. And yeah. here's how you need to prepare yourself. And we're here. We're not just, we're not just the attorneys, right? You're, you're, I don't want to say you're a partner yeah. with them, but you're that trusted advisor who's guiding them. Is that fair? Absolutely. Ab yes. Uh, 100%. And I'm, I'm sure that this goes for um, a lot of other attorneys as well. You know, what, what we do in terms of counseling clients in some ways is, is similar to what, what any attorney does. Um, you know, I have many clients that just in the, the, the few years of kind of doing this and being off on my own and, and many from the years before that, that I've become good friends with. Uh, you know, I have people who uh, that started off as clients and now they come down to, to visit us in, in Mexico City. And, you know, I mean, the, the relationship is, trust is not the type of thing that exists in a vacuum. Uh, and, and the more you trust someone, the more you are prone to rely on them and the more that it expands out to different aspects of life. And that's the other kind of beautiful thing about what we do and what I, what I, um, one, one thing that my wife actually pointed out to me that I started to realize as I was kind of getting, I met her as we were kind of getting off the ground. I'd started the firm four months before I met her in the first three months, I was like, <laughs> You know, set up the website, got insurance in place, did all this stuff. And then I stopped and I stared at my computer screen and my phone and I was waiting for people to call and the phone wasn't ringing. And I was like, uh oh, yeah. I made a huge mistake. Uh, and then I started to kind of, uh, when I met her, it was around a time where we had signed, uh, I think, like about a dozen clients in the first two months of that year. So this was like month four and five. And I was starting to feel like, okay, like this might actually work. I might actually be able to do this. And she would kind of see me on these calls and meeting people and this and that. And we realized that my, you know, I don't know. I don't want this to sound 
presumptuous or, or, or wrong in any way, but my, my superpower, if you will, uh, in general, maybe, but also as, as it relates to this type of work is I genuinely like meeting new people. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I get on calls with people, it's the first time that I'm meeting them. I am excited to hear about their life story, about their business. I just really enjoy it. Uh, and, and, and it's one of the things that, that has, uh, inspired me in this career in general. Uh, and so for me, I get on the phone with, with, with clients or potential new clients or whoever it is. And I'm excited to catch up. I'm excited to hear what's going on. And I build those relationships and it's, it's a genuine thing because it's something that I like to do. Uh, and obviously, you know, I, I'd like to think that also I, I'm good at what I do right. and, you know, I have the, the expertise and the experience. I'm not just, you know, doing a great job with, without all of those things, but you add into that kind of that, that human element of um, enjoying meeting new people, bonding, that being the thing that kind of gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Um, and it all kind of fits together and it, it makes, it makes my job fun. It makes my life, fulfilling it makes my job meaningful yeah. uh, and i think that that kind of makes it through in in the relationship with clients as well and you can't you can't fake that and and especially right. when people are are relying on you in 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 a lot of ways and and sometimes in difficult times uh you know having that foundation um can't can't really be understated that's right no that that's great because um one of my marketing principles is is people will buy who you are more than what you do. Yeah. Right. And there are lots of attorneys who do what you do, but it's the connection of, and I'm sure you're, I mean, you're like, you're like me, you will get a few people who call you, have that conversation and you just don't fit. It's just not a good job. That's okay. I'm all right with that. There's plenty of other people. There's plenty of, at the same time, you get those calls and you're like, Dude, we're like brothers from a different mother. This is amazing, <laughs> and that's yeah. how it should be, especially when you're running, a, you know, a startup firm or a, a tech company, or you're looking down the road for venture capital or funding, and you need somebody, a, somebody that you can trust that you can build a relationship with. That's not just, hey, can you write up this document for me because we need it? No, 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 no. This, how, how do we guide you through this to help you achieve that dream, that goal in the best way possible, and in yeah. the, the that who was it? Bet Midler be the, the wind beneath your wings in a sense, right? And that's what yeah. that's the sense I get from you and the heartbeat behind what you do, Eric. Is that is that a fair summary? Absolutely. I, I don't. I try to one of the, the the things that I'm going for with the firm, for myself, but also for the the, the attorneys that work with me is, I like them to to. We work hard during work hours. And then I like them to, you know, generally have their nights and weekends and time with their family or significant others. And that's, a, you don't get that a lot at, at the bigger firms. It's right. a, a different style of life and that worked for some people yeah. that didn't really work for me. It, it didn't work for them. That's how I've ended up. So luckily with such high quality, talented individuals who saw life and work and the balance and similar to the way that I did, but it was a time it was like, um, it's like a year and a half ago. So like halfway through, we've been, I started the firm a little over three years ago now. Yeah. Uh, and I was out with my wife. We were out at like, um, 
we were out at a, a party. It was like some, uh, it was like a, a club slash a birthday party out with friends. It was Saturday night. And I got a text from one of my clients who has become a good friend as well. They're also a client. They texted me about something. I left and I gave him a call. This was like Saturday and like the, you know, around like at midnight or something like that. Or 1 a.m. He lives on the West Coast. We were on the East Coast. And I ended up having this like whole long call with him. But at the beginning, we're catching up. I hadn't talked to him in a while. Uh, this and that. And I come back in and my my wife's like, where were you? And I was like, oh, I was talking to Nick. And she was like, Nick, your, your client, you're working? She's like, I really wish that you wouldn't have to. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I, I enjoy this part of the job. He's a friend. He's going through something that he clearly was there. He wouldn't call me otherwise. Uh, and we were catching up and we were, you know, talking about life and work and this and that and solving the problem. And like, that is the aspect of the job that that I don't mind at all. You know, if if it's a different time, if something else is going on and I need to say, hey, I, I can't right now, I can always do that. But uh, the fact that I would take some time out of my Saturday night to do my job and I would enjoy it, uh, you know, I think tells a good amount about where I am professionally that I, I've, at least for right now, I've found kind of my fit. That's cool, man. That That is so cool. I, I, I think you and I could probably talk for the next hour or two, man. There, there's so many, <laughs> not only have we bonded, but it's just the idea behind what you do and how you, how you have, have merged these two worlds in, in a very unique way of, of yeah. legal and entrepreneurship and passion and friendship. And, and it's, it's unusual. So well done. Uh, and I know it's not Thank like you. you've written a business plan to do this. It just is, but it's who you are and it resonates. And so I, I want people to reach out to you. If you could like thumbnail, like or in the ideal <laughs> target, who should be reaching out to you spectrum wise? Who's, who's, who are good clients? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the good thing about what we do from a business perspective is every company needs a corporate attorney, right? Everyone mm -hmm. needs to set a company up, eventually they're going to need to hire people or commercial agreements or potentially raise money. We also happen to work with a lot of investors, mostly like VC investors, family offices, some PE and angel investors. So we, we kind of get both sides of the equation there. Um, if you're a company or if you're an, an entrepreneur that's thinking of starting a company, reach out. We'd love to answer any questions that you have about what type of entity, how should we set this up? How should we think about equity allocation? All of those questions. We do all of that at the early stages, everything corporate up until you IPO. We have all of that, all of that covered. So honestly, if you're if you're a company and you're you're looking for new corporate counsel, uh, or just kind of, you know, outside GC, someone you yeah. don't have anyone in-house, you point it out on our website. We call ourselves your outside in-house legal department. Uh, yeah. we have some clients that I I talk to almost daily. Yeah. Uh, and and they they treat us like we're their internal team, yeah. even though we're not in a lot of ways, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're less expensive and uh, more responsive. Yeah. Um, so, you know, any company, especially, you know, tech or tech enabled companies, companies that are looking to kind of do things in the right way for this kind of seeking to be venture backed or, or maybe already have some venture backing and are looking to scale in the right ways. Um, plenty of experience with that. Um, and we have a, a website. They can reach out to us through the website. Um, I was going to ask you, yeah, where do they go? Yeah. I'm sitting here going, how do I get a hold of this dude? Because I yeah. like 
www.bowerylegal.com. Bowery, like the, the road in downtown Manhattan, which is where I came up as a young law student and then young attorney. Uh, so that's B-O-W-E-R-Y-L-E-G-A-L.com. Um, so check us out there and you can reach out to the website or you can email me, Eric, E-R-I-C, at BoweryLegal.com. Awesome. Um, that'll go directly to me. Awesome. <laughs> And uh, I will capture those. I'm going to put those in the show notes because, as you know, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs, we're a little busy sometimes. And But we yeah. listen on the phone. We listen wherever. And I want to make sure that those are in the show notes so you can reach out to Eric. And uh, seriously, if you need corporate counsel, and sometimes we think, well, that's for a big company. No, let me tell you, it's for every company. You need a good attorney to make sure that your documents are right, your agreements are right, to guide you and direct you into in, through through the the maze of entrepreneurship so that you don't get yourself in a, in a position where you shouldn't be. And so you can set yourself up properly. If you're a tech company or something, the future can come really fast. And Eric, Eric's been around the block a few times. So reach out to him and um, I'm going to capture all that, but BoweryLegal.com and Eric Broad, you have been a phenomenal guest. Thank you for, thanks for, for just bringing the passion of who you are to the table and in work and infusing that. And hopefully some people have got some encouragement just to love what you do, be great yeah. at it and, and have that heart to serve and build relationships. Absolutely. Thank you and for having me. This has you, been a pleasure. You are so welcome, brother. Thanks for listening to Experts Speak. I'll be back next week with another great interview. Take care. Thanks for listening to Experts Speak with Michael DeLon. If what you've heard today was helpful to you, reach out to our expert guest and see how they can serve you to bring you more success, freedom, and purpose in your life.